listen to the best of the church's music for the season of Lent at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the season of Lent, LutheranPublicRadio.org. The media narrative since the now famous Dobbs ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court that effectively overturned Roe v. Wade has been that Americans are unhappy with that decision and they're unhappy with current abortion policy in the United States. Often we hear that Americans overwhelmingly favor the legalization of abortion without any restrictions whatsoever. Do the numbers really bear up any of those claims? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to discuss several recent surveys on abortion, Dr. Michael New. He's visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America, associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Comstock Cunningham fellow with Americans United for Life and a columnist for National Review Online. Dr. New, welcome. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Why is this recent Public Religion Research Institute abortion poll interesting? It's interesting because unlike a lot of other pollsters, they survey a lot of people. They survey over 20,000 people in this poll. So that really allows them to come up with data on abortion attitudes, kind of the state level, state by state. It also gives us some information about what various demographic groups uh, think about abortion. So with respect to that particular poll, why was the wording of the poll, the questions regarding abortion, why were they important? Well, one thing we know about surveys on abortion is that the results can be very sensitive to, one, how the question is worded, and two, what kind of responses or what you know options people are given to respond. Unfortunately, this poll, the responses it gave people tend to skew the results to give greater support for legal abortion than what probably is actually the case. Uh, the kind of pro-life responses were, for this poll, that abortion should be either illegal in all cases or illegal in most cases. When people get the options of illegal in all or illegal in most, that creates a quote-unquote pro-choice majority. But if they gave people different options, and said should abortion be legal in only a few circumstances or illegal in all circumstances, that creates a pro-life majority. Over 40 Gallup polls between 1995 and 2021 used those responses, and all those polls showed a pro-life majority. What else are the media not reporting about the PRRI results since the Dobbs ruling? One very interesting finding that is getting little attention is that there's been a lot of stability in public attitudes toward abortion since Dobbs. They've been giving this poll several times in the year 2022. They issued a poll before Dobbs, and then they conducted polls in August 2022, September, and December. And all those polls show basically identical public support for abortion. So a great deal of stability post-Dobbs. Again, three polls conducted after Dobbs pretty much showed abortion opinions were unchanged. The CDC recently released data from its youth risk behavior study. What did you find there that was good news for pro-lifers? We actually got some good news from this survey. There's been a long-term decline in teen sexual activity since the early 1990s. And this survey indicated, the youth risk behavior survey, showed that trend continues. There were reductions in the number of teenagers, a percentage of high school students, I should say, who ever had sex or who said they were sexually active or said they had four or more sexual partners. Overall, since 2010, 
there is a 17 percentage point decline in the percentage of high school students who said they ever had sex. That fell from 47% to about 30%. So teenagers are becoming less and less sexually active, and I think that's uh, that's a very good development. Again, how are the media spinning this decline in youth sexual activity? It's kind of disappointing. The media has basically ignored this finding. The media gave a lot of coverage to another finding from the survey, which showed that kind of a higher percentage of high school students are having suicidal thoughts, And that's obviously very troubling, and that's a finding that deserves attention. But the media really didn't give this much attention, which is too bad. There's multiple surveys, again, the National Survey of Family Growth and the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Both show long-term declines in teen sexual activity, and the media gives us very little attention. It's also being reported that a recent Gallup poll showed that there is an increased support for abortion following the Dobbs ruling. Is that true? That Gallup poll, I thought, was really misleading. That Gallup poll, I think, asked about whether or not people were kind of satisfied with national abortion policy. And that's kind of odd because abortion policy really isn't national anymore. It's set by the states. And I would argue that, frankly, at the state level, people are happier because people in conservative states can now pass pro-life laws that would protect pre-born children. So other polls that really kind of ask about policy questions, like do you think there should be taxpayer funding for abortion, you see a lot of stability with those sorts of questions. So I thought this was a very odd survey question that Gallup asked that didn't really provide much in the way of helpful information. How do you account for the stability of abortion views since Dobbs? You know, I think abortion has certainly been a very salient issue. You know, I think it's certainly come up with Supreme Court nominations and presidential elections. I think people had had their minds made up. I also think the fact that the Dobbs opinion was leaked, I think, kind of gave people time to mentally prepare for it a little bit. So I think there's a variety of things. But I just think abortion is a high salient, high visibility issue, easy to understand, and people have kind of the their opinions they do, and it's not real sensitive to current events or kind of policy shifts. Many abortion advocates hope that the so-called Dobbs effect seen in the 2022 midterms will last until the 2024 elections. What do you think? First, I don't think that, you know, there was this big backlash against pro-lifers in 2022 that some people thought. Republicans did take control of the U.S. House. Republicans didn't necessarily do as well in some of the Senate races, but I think that was also a function of just nominating some fairly weak candidates who weren't always the best suited to win a general election. And keep in mind, a lot of pro-life governors who signed very strong pro-life pieces of legislation into law won re-election by wide margins. Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. You know, these governors all faced very well-financed professional opponents and won by large margins. And again, all these governors signed pro-life bills into the law and didn't run or hide from the issue. So it's really hard to say what's going to happen in 2024. We don't know what the economy is going to look like. We don't know what foreign policy or foreign affairs might look like. Again, a lot can happen you know, between now and November 2024. But I think that, again, if the Republicans nominate a strong pro-life candidate who makes a very strong case for defending the unborn, you know, I think it could be a good year for pro-lifers in 2024. Dr. Michael New is visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, the Page Comstock Cunningham Fellow with Americans United for Life and a columnist for National Review Online. You'll find a link to his columns at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. New, thank you. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated.
The 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference is October 11th through the 13th in Cincinnati. The conference includes visits to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. Find out more at lutheransforlife.org, lutheransforlife.org. Pastor Tom Baker of Long Gospel joins us to teach a Sunday School lesson on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 next. This is Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. Join me, my husband Mark of Real Clear Investigations, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod President Matt Harrison, and others for the 2023 Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in Chicago. Issuesetc.org. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's life ministry is thousands of people sharing Christ's love and mercy and giving witness to our Lord's creation of life, His design for marriage and the family, and the God-given value of all human life from conception to natural death. Working with many partners, LCMS Life Ministries sponsors human care efforts that meet the needs of body and soul and provides resources and educational events for all ages. To learn more, email lifeministry at lcms.org and visit lcms.org life. Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. You wish your classical school could do more for struggling learners? Uncertain where to begin? The Memoria Press Schools Division includes Cheryl Swope, author of Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. The school's division will happily assist your school. Memoria Press offers an entire line of special needs resources for teaching math, reading, spelling, and more. Contact schools at memoriapress.com or order directly from simplyclassical.com with coupon code LPR23. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with Parable of the Wedding Feast, Parable of the Great Banquet, Part 1 and Part 2, The Cost of Discipleship and Lost Sheep and Coin. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.